0: Diplomatic Language Services, and welcome to our podcast, Language Manners. We make language accessible to everyday people by discussing features which may not exist in other languages. I'm your host, Molly Sampson. Hello, and welcome to the DLS podcast. Today, we are going to talk about... um, Eid, well Ramadan and Eid, and I have with me Wita, who is from Indonesia. Hi. And I have Reem, and Reem is originally from Syria but grew up in the Middle East in Saudi, I think mostly. That is correct, yes. And I have Saradun, who is from Afghanistan. Uh, Hi. I just want to start out with maybe a general explanation of what is Ramadan? What is Eid? And I know there are two different celebrations of Eid.
1: Yes. So uh, the official religious holidays are you know, Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. Eid al-Fitr is the break of the fast. After a long month of fast, you know, for Ramadan, basically uh, we are invited to celebrate or the idea behind it that God invited us to celebrate, you know, the festivity and the food after like a long month. Uh, The other Eid is Eid al-Adha, which is the pilgrimage, right? This is the time when, you know, people choose to go to Mecca to uh, finish the fifth, uh, you know, uh, you know, major part of Islam. And this is the celebration of Eid al-Adha is actually uh, marks the end of that Eid as well. So both of them following religious um, practices and, you know, and they are celebrated in a Muslim world.
0: I see. And uh in Afghanistan and in Indonesia or I guess in Asia in general and then Central Asia, um is there any uh is there anything you would add that's uh different or similar?
2: It's actually similar what the uh, it's the same actually, not similar what dream said. Um, you know, Adha, you know, is and uh, uh, for the Ramadan, which is uh, break the fasting, and then the eight Adha is actually more to the uh, uh, sacrifice, the feast of the sacrifice. Uh, for those people who even not going for Hajj, uh, we still celebrate because we do sacrifice, you know, at home, uh, and then all those uh, the sacrifice that we. We, we made we give it away for the poor people you know that's what actually the sacrifice a part of the one that's not going to Hajj.
0: So when you say sacrifice what what do you mean specifically?
2: Oh uh, the feast of the sacrifice I forgot to mention about you know this is actually the animal that we sacrifice mostly mm-hmm. the cow or the
1: goat or the lamb yeah.
0: I see I see so you sacrifice it and then you distribute it to yes. people who need it. Yes.
1: And of course, you're supposed to start local and it also can be overseas so that any um, group of people who are in need, any country that they have, like something uh, that they might need more or, you know, there's certain situation, whether it's, uh, you know, political or, you know, uh, war or whatever. So always that Mm -hmm. is kind of kept in
3: mind. Yeah. And so it's, uh, I would say overall, so the practices are uh, the same in Afghanistan as well, but uh, some of the specifics and details might be uh, different. For example, the religious part be, might be the same. For example, uh, sacrificing a cow, like seven people or seven family may uh, get together uh, and sacrifice one cow or one family may sacrifice a, a goat or a sheep. Uh, but when it comes to some of the specifics, it could be different. For example, because it's more, uh, to me, it's sounds cultural for example I go, like uh, the meat that you get from the animal In some parts of Afghanistan and uh, the uh, general practice is that you divide the meat into three parts you mm-hmm. keep one part and then you give away one part to the poor and a third part to relatives. So this is something based on what I have heard might not be the same in Middle Eastern or other countries that celebrate eat and they do like sacrifice and animals
2: again it's the same what they said uh, but the, it's very interesting with paredo said about three part uh, I only know about two parts in Indonesia again I think it's the culture uh because it, we only have you know a small part for who actually sacrificed the cow, uh, and then the rest of it? So it we just divided by two. We start of course the different portion. We the, the one who sacrifices only get the smaller part, and the rest it just we distribute for whoever that needs. And then um, again, uh, that's just the culture. But basically, for the all the um, you know the religious practice is the same.
0: I think. Um well, let's talk a little bit about like uh, Ramadan itself. Are there different practices um, about fasting in uh, across the different
1: cultures? I mean, I can jump in a little bit. I don't think it's gonna be hugely different. I think what's gonna be different, of course, you know, the sunrise, sunset, it depends on when you um, you know where you are, the location that you are. so it depends on, where you live and also the beginning of the fast and the ending of the fast it depends on the moon of the area where you live so you should actually reach out to like you know to your own location not necessarily kind of follow like another country or anything like that uh but uh, the fasting itself is kind of similar the idea about it is not only to fast about food but also to fast about like, you know, saying bad things or, you know, thinking bad Mm. thoughts about people and, you know, just like uh, have uh, empathy for the poor. And uh, so it has like a lot of like meaning and background uh, meaning. It goes beyond the hunger part. The hunger part, of course, is the one that's mostly mentioned because the hunger part is just like, you know, it's a human need. So we're always Mm -hmm. talking about it, but there are like a lot of other things that, you know, you Actually, like start, you know. I mean, you have to do. I'm not supposed to talk bad about my neighbor or think bad thoughts about uh, someone, or you know, just kind of have like that good thought or cleanse thought, thought, you know, during that time. Mm -hmm. So it kind of puts in perspective everything. It puts like you know, humankind. They're all good and kind in a way. And I remember one time, like my daughter, she was eight, and she definitely she loved fasting. Like you know, we're talking like since she was five, and I remember it was like a long day, you know, she, you know, and then she was like really kind of towards the end, she was angry that she couldn't eat or drink. And not that I've asked her to do it, you know, it was on her own volition. So I actually like told her, it's like, you know, listen, if you want to break your fast, that's okay but you cannot get upset about it. So it teaches patience. It teaches a lot of good things. And I think that's personally, I mean, I think that's the part I like about uh, Ramadan. I find it peaceful. You know, it's like a reconnection with humanity, the good things that, you know, it just reminds you of a lot of good things. And, you know, those first 10 minutes <laughs> after breaking the fast, <laughs> they're awesome, honestly, because like you're so hungry also. And then it's just like, oh, yes. Thank you, God, for the food. It's not only about the
2: hunger portion, uh, but as well, it's actually about the control, you know, emotion overall. Mm. So um, this is, it's really funny because last week I had the experience, you know, met with my friends and then suddenly we talk about, oh, you know what, this person, I forgot, oh, I was so mad, blah, blah, And then my husband like, we're in a fasting. I was like, oh, that's right. That's so quiet. <laughs> you know. And then supposedly this is not happened every day. I think uh, for um myself, I think the religion teach us in here that, you know, it's not only for the Ramadan we have to control every day, but uh, hopefully this month, will, you know, carry out, you know, all the good deeds, all the control, the emotional, you know, the control that we we, we have to control, the emotion and everything. We have to carry on every single day. It's not just only, I mean, hopefully, after the Ramadan, we get used to and then bring the kindness overall throughout, uh, you know, our life. So every once a year, you know, the religion teach us, hey, you have to control, you have to see what you did, you know, before, and then start now, Start again to make a good deed, or doing something that you can control. Not, you know, um, uh, saying something bad thing, or you know, just to try to control your own emotion.
1: So I hope uh, mm-hmm. that you'll be carried on throughout your life. Totally, because it's almost like a, a reminder and a training period for the rest mm-hmm. of the eleven month. It's like okay, remember this is what it's all about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree.
3: I think as uh, Rimanwita said, uh, so the general practices are the same. Except uh, the differences that uh, uh, Reem mentioned. Uh, Just uh, one other point that says, I I don't know if it is the same across uh, different countries. Uh, For example, in Afghanistan, uh, during the month of Ramadan, so eating in uh, during the day um, is forbidden outside in restaurants uh, everywhere. um, Even uh, there is usually an announcement for. Foreign nationals, like embassies and all that, uh, that they should avoid eating in public. Uh, so, and that's why, like when I first came to the United States, my first Ramadan was a little bit different because I I wasn't used to seeing people eat uh, in front of me during the uh, like during the day in the month of uh, Ramadan. Uh, but uh, it, it it could be different because Afghanistan was a, a very predominantly Muslim country, so with a very small percentage of non-Muslims, uh, but uh, I'm not sure if it could be the same, for example, in other uh, countries like Indonesia so.
2: Well, in Indonesia, it's actually uh, because we're not a Muslim country, it's not ruled by the Islamic uh, rules. Uh, but even though we are dominated by the uh, with the Muslims, however, um, you know, people, restaurants still open you know, uh, people still eating outside. It's not really strict, you know, rules. However, uh, when it comes to Ramadan, um, if you see the restaurant in Indonesia, most of the restaurant, they have the curtain to, you know, cover the windows. Usually it's only happened on Ramadan, just only to respect people because we are dominated, but Muslim, you know, but it's still open. And then people is not uh, um, who's not Muslim, they still eating, even though they probably, most of it still respect us you know so the, the 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 all the restaurant they you know close with the curtain so the windows so people eating in the restaurant whoever that um, you know fasting don't see them eating in the restaurant but it is different in here It's just because of uh, the time. In Indonesia, because, the you know, the, the moon is the same all the time. We have 12 hours, you know, for the uh, fasting. But in here, when the first time I fast for summertime in here, it's quite tough because, you know, most, more than 16 hours. That's it. That's the difference. <laughs> That's the <a> tough part.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, we. I don't know if it's the same in Saudi and or Syria, but in the UAE, they have a similar thing. Because they have a lot of foreign nationals in the UAE. So they cover, they do the curtains over the restaurants if they're going to be open. And then the ones that are outside or whatever are closed, everybody has to be eating inside behind a curtain.
1: Also in the Levant, I think it's a little bit different than Saudi, like Saudi, everybody is fasting, like the whole society, like, you know, growing up there, the whole society, everyone is fasting, there's like, they go a little bit later for like, you know, even work, they kind of adjust the work hours as well. So it's kind of like, you know, because, you know, everybody kind of almost stays up until the sahur time. So they will eat the sahur meal, then they will go to bed. So like time, like when they start the fasting or when they, I mean, obviously it's the same, but when they start like work during like Ramadan, it's like 11. And uh, it's just like this is something that does not happen like in the Levant. In the Levant, it actually starts like a regular time. The idea behind the fasting is you have to do all your chores, no matter what, no matter the circumstance, you kind of go about your daily life as is. So in the Levant, you have other right, like, you know, like, for example, uh, Syria, like you have a lot of, uh, you know, people from different religions, you know, different sects, that kind of thing. But Generally speaking, I would say they will kind of be very respectful. The only other thing is not like a, a big deal if like, you know, someone ate in front of me. Like, for example, if a student like, you know, decided to like drink something in front of me, this is kind of where we feel or we believe that it is the blessing. Like I'm adding more of my hasanat because, you know, I'm actually kind of seeing someone else eating as life is, you know, a lot of people are actually very respectful and they try and then, you know, they're all always kind of have that in mind because people are generally nice and they want to, you know, they don't want to add to your, you know,
2: (laughs) I agree with Rim. It's funny, my students, it's actually uh, last week, he was eating and, oh my God, I forgot, you're fasting. And I was like, no, 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 go ahead. Because if you eat in front of me, it's actually more blessing for me. But a lot of students, uh, yes, absolutely respect to us as well. And then thinking, but yeah. say something and I was telling them, no, just do as regular, do what you usually do. Because, you know, it is a bless for us, additional blessing for us, actually.
1: And, you know, going back to the symbolism or the idea behind it, where it's actually, it's not, you know, necessarily like a huge thing. It's, you know, you know, we should be able to fight temptation. We are hungry, yes, but we're doing that for the faith. So it's hasanat not uh, there for us for a reason.
0: <laughs> so the harder it is, the more yes. the, the <laughs> more self-reflective you have to be. So do you see, I guess we talked a little bit about um, practicing here in the States. Um, are there rules about, um, children and when they're should fast or not fast, or is it just really up to them at some point?
1: Well, you know, ideally speaking, you're not supposed to fast until like, you know, um, like you're 13, you know, or 15. Like puberty. 13, exactly. 13 for the girl and 15, uh, I think 15 for the boy. Uh, but uh, you're supposed to start early. You know, being a child, like in Syria, like you have something what we call, you know, the small fasting or uh, like Adan al fasting. You know, it's like Siyam al Adan. Basically, what it means, like, you know, you train the children uh, to kind of start, like usually go breakfast, lunch, and dinner without any snacks or water. And that starts at seven. This is the year when you start training. And then, you know, the years go, like, this is like the first year he's, he or she is seven, then you start like that kind of like breakfast, please no food until lunchtime, please no food until iftar time. Then the year to follow you'll, you'll spread it out a little bit more. So it might be like breakfast and iftar, okay, or, you know, dinner for the child Mm -hmm. Uh, and that year to follow, depending on that child, of course. But it's not an easy task for children, honestly. I mean, I remember I cheated when I was little. (laughs) I'll, I'll pretend like, you know, I was praying and then I'll do like you know, drink a little bit instead of having wudu. And then my aunt will catch me and then she will say, I was like, you're drinking water, you know? <laughs> so, and I will go like, for example, to my grandma's room and she had like this, like a yeah, place where she will put her books and, you know, uh, things that the look, but one among of the things that she will put like a bowl of uh, bombonis, which is, you know, like, you know, heart candy. And she will be praying and I'll pop one in my mouth. <laughs> (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) you know as a child you don't know (laughs) you know how important and then I will crunch it you know it's like you know it's like she's praying it's like what is that noise (laughs) Mm. (laughs) so you'll do like you'll go through a period where it has to kind of take care of itself you know you'll do some childish things like that (laughs) yeah we all start off
2: uh, early you know for um um learning how to fast uh, when I was in elementary school again at usually we have breakfast but uh, on the fasting we usually skip the breakfast and then uh, I remember my mom is actually ready to give, like a small gift like a candy put it you know on the table okay if you don't drink or eat until 12 you know for lunchtime this candy is for you it's always kind of like have a goal for me. A goal is not a faith yet. It's about something, you know. So, yeah, because I want to eat that one, you know. So I fast morning. And then when it comes to 12, I usually already in front of the table waiting for my mom, my mom give me that uh, gift. That's, that's happened, you know, the, on the training day. When it comes to, um, I think, like around 13, the puberty already, you know, arrives. So it's starts where um, I have to do fasting all day. Even though once in a while, you know, um, I might pretend that I'm sick. <laughs> so, oh, I got a headache. You know, I got a stomach ache. You know, and then uh, I was like complaining all day to my mom. And I was like, okay, just go ahead, drink and stuff like that. Uh, because mm-hmm. you know, there is an exception. If you're sick, you cannot. To do fasting, you know. Right, so right, right, That's my weapon. You know, if I feel like oh, I'm really, you know, feel like hungry and I want a drink of water, that's what I did all the time. <laughs> yeah, I can skip that.
0: Sarah, do, do your kids do this?
3: well actually yes as a practice but my daughter who is 12 like fasted only one day this year like this ramadan Uh, so the full day and she wanted to do more days but uh, i didn't let her do that because at the end of that first day of fasting she was like like uh, she was having a really hard time and she wasn't able to eat Uh, after that i said no no that's uh, i think you can't do it Uh, so as uh, Wita said that it's also about if you're sick or if you don't have the ability uh, to fast, uh, then uh, you're allowed to eat. So I kind of <laughs> give permission to my daughter. I mean, she's uh, too young, but still. Uh, so. And also in Afghanistan, when they do practice Ramadan, like uh, younger kids, uh, they would wake up with their um, family early in the morning to eat. Uh, and then See how much they could like do. They could do maybe the, f- the first five hours, eight hours, or sometimes uh, they might be able to uh, do it until um, uh, the iftar, which is when um, you uh, like we break our fast. So.
1: It's also a big thing, by the way. What Faridun said, it's a big thing. sahur for the little kids, mm-hmm. it actually is a, a huge encouragement point because they feel like they're adults in a way, so they oh. kind of get up. And, you know, it's just like it's almost like for us in our family, it's almost like our special time with the kids, you know, because like you'll be like almost. You know it's very hard to wake up and then uh you know among like a regular day or a school day and that kind of thing but actually they get excited about it, it feels like oh like this is kind of it's almost like something special and also it kind of creates memories believe it or not some of the memories that you know I have like not necessarily with my mom but rather with my grandma because she will actually kind of do like a, a spread I mean you know she will go all out to kind of do it so it's exciting for children I mean you do have that kind of memory? It's like oh i want to do it like my grandma did mm-hmm. and you know make sure that my kids have those memories so it's kind of funny because they can get like you know it's hard to wake them up but once they are awake it's just like oh no we want to do this because you know it's just like nobody else is doing that we are kind of among the adults and uh you know so i think it's uh, you know at least uh, I, from my experience i've seen it like it's kind of like a a, a good point you know it's just like an encouraging point for the you know children in a way.
0: So uh, the breaking of the fast is triggered by the sunset. So as soon as the sun sets and wherever you are, that's when you break your fast. Yeah. Is there something in particular that you break a fast with, or is it just whatever you just have the meal or the iftar at the time?
3: It's uh, usually um, so I uh, uh, like uh, prefer to fast the day uh, uh, fast with a date. Uh, so if a uh, date is not available, water, if water is not available, then <laughs> anything, so it's a, I, at least that's um, how I, I know, it, I think it's, it, it could be the same uh, across other countries. So
2: I think it's the same because following the, uh, the first one, when we break the fasting, we're following our prophet. you know, eating the dates. Yeah. Uh, uh, however, if the date's not available, of course, water. Uh, and then after that, basically, it's a sweet first, like not really the sweet, just a sweet thing in the morning. Uh, I mean, um, the, when the time, the breakfasting fasting. And then after that, you go pray first for that time. And then after the praying uh, time, then you can eat, you know, the whole some whatever that you uh, have.
3: We break the fast, uh, 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 the sunset, but one thing that's uh, early in the morning, uh, so it's not sunrise because some people mm-hmm. people may think yes. that, oh, you can eat until the sunrise. Mm-hmm. No, it's a little bit uh, earlier, like it's before dawn. The Fajr part is like literally the first slither of, of light,
1: you know, so really when you're eating, it's still like dark.
0: Here, it must be like five in the morning, right? Because I think yeah. the sun starts to come up 5.30, 36.
1: Yeah, it's around five. We already
2: stopped eating five, right now yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah. because we depend on the lunar sightings.
0: I think we've talked a lot, um, gone through a lot of things. Is there anything interesting that you want to add to the discussion that we didn't get covered?
2: The way um, Indonesia has very specific celebration when it comes to the Idolfi uh, Yeah, In Indonesia, you know, because again, this is kind of like more festive uh, the way we celebrate, um, the holiday could be one full week uh, because this is the time where everybody, it's like a Thanksgiving in the United States. Everybody went back home, you know? This is, in Indonesia we call it mudik. Mudik is the term for people going home or going to their hometown mm. to see their family, okay? Because that's the, the important part is basically we have to connect with the family and then we uh, asking the forgiveness each other, especially for the uh, elders, the elder. Okay, We have to go to the people that are older than us, especially the parents, the first uh, of all. And then going to our, um, you know, grandma or, um, you know, grandda, basically. And then after that, going whoever, uh, the, the, the last one is going to the neighborhood. But the, first of all, uh, we do, why we have a one week uh, off in Indonesia most of the time? Because we have to go to the, our hometown. And um, the other difference is in Indonesia, if Ramadan coming, this is going to be a lot of, um, you know, where the price is high, it's not just inflation, <laughs> the uh, The is all the food the stuff, it's high. Why is because everybody will cook, you know, more uh, than the regular day because of Ramadan and at the end of it for the celebrating, you know, we always cook the traditional food, which is every single uh, household, it might have the same food. We have the same food, but so even though we go to our hometown, the food is some one of or two, or two food, it might be different, but uh, in general it's the same. So sometimes I have to, to eat the same food from one house to the other, from my grandma my father's side, or my grandpa to my uh, mom's uh, uh, my mom's side. It's kind of like the same food. I have to eat it. I have to, you know, kind of stuff it all the same food. You know, because that's the way, that's the way. And then I have to eat it because that's the way how we, you know, grateful, saying grateful to them. You know, they, they already made right. you know, their effort to cook for us. The other difference uh, in Indonesia when it comes to the end of Ramadan, start celebrating the, uh, the Eid. Uh, most likely you will see the children playing with firecracker or fireworks. Yeah, the celebration is really, really big. They, other than the same religious, uh, I mean, uh, um, practice like prayers, congregation, but social gatherings and family reunions, that's the first thing, you know, for the celebration in Indonesia.
1: It's uh, very true what, uh, what I said, because really, I mean, we have like Mamul and Karabij and, you know, the same sweets that every household will get. But then, you know, because everybody wants you to kind of, you know, do, you know, like, you know, eat from what they prepared. You know, I mean, ideally speaking, like you're supposed to prepare that yourself for the guests, you know, not necessarily buy it as well. So it's just, it's uh, you know, I mean, it, you can't eat the same thing, you know, I mean, you're, you're visiting a lot of people, but every family will insist that you have some of their like, you know, homemade, you know, goods and, you know, visiting 10, 12 families <laughs> It can, you know, it's like you at some point, sometimes it says, like, I really can. (laughs) They really insist because, again, part of it is that you have to, you know. And also, I think in, in our household, like my grandparents, my grandfather always insisted on making it. So the day before the Eid, it was like a a lot of work. I mean, you'll hear it by as the time, because we have like molds to make ma'amoul, which is like really a dough that has, you know, nuts or dates or pistachio, that kind of thing. So as the time goes by, you hear like, you know, people are angry, like they're Mashing it <laughs> because they're tired. They're making huge amounts, so you'll hear the mashing of the mold because they have to mash it to get the what's inside decorative, right? So you'll hear as the time goes by, like the it's kind of the the noise gets louder because everybody's so tired. <laughs> At the time, you know, maybe it's a lot of work, but then you fondly remember it later on.
3: So uh, cookies, sweets and again some dry fruits so, or um, some nuts. So these are Really, uh, very common um, during the eat and of course when it comes to cookies and Swiss children really like that so, <laughs> uh, so it's uh, uh, so it, it's a very happy like a double happy day for uh, for um, uh, for children actually it means uh, like happiness like uh, so um, uh, that's like uh, where like uh, children are really happy and it's uh, as we just, it's like a family day and especially uh, children's uh, like uh, a day for uh, children as well uh, so in Afghanistan mm, children receive uh, presents uh, so it could be in different mm-hmm. forms so depending on where uh, they live for example in cities it could be mm, money or it could be hard-boiled egg uh, or it could be other uh, in the suburbs it could be, for example, walnut uh, or other uh, so, uh, fruits uh, like, uh, that uh, mm, uh, that's available uh, locally, and they uh, give it uh, to children. And uh, it, it, it's uh, a day where children will also go out and so mm, uh, play, and uh, so they're usually quite a, a lot uh, going uh, a lot of activities uh, going uh, on, especially in big cities in Afghanistan, uh, where uh, children will go out and uh, play. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think it's a family day for uh, grown-ups where they meet e- each other, mm, and one of the most important parts of it is that uh, so it is a day where you set aside any disagreements that you had with someone. Uh, for example, you didn't talk with someone for the past five months, but now it is time to start to talk to them. Usually it is the younger one in age that would go to to those who are um, elder uh, and pay respect, uh, uh, so that that's something uh, very uh, common. And uh, one thing that's uh, that's uh, also interesting in Afghanistan is so uh, right after uh, the Eid prayer, which is uh, usually in the morning, so around uh, eight o'clock. Uh, usually in Afghanistan uh, and, and uh, Kabul in particular, uh, so they go visit neighbors first. Because in our culture, neighbor is first because we're so close. We say that, oh, like yeah, I have a brother, but that brother lives 30 miles from me, for example. Uh, but you neighbor live literally next to me. Uh, so that's why like neighbors would uh, usually visit each other. That morning, because they live close by, they can finish that in the morning, that first day, right after um, prayer, and especially that they go to the same uh, mosque, masjid. So when they come out, so they will go like kind of in big uh, groups to each other's house to finish what they consider like kind of finish that round of visiting uh, neighbors. And then starting the afternoon, it is uh, for the family and relatives
0: is it also a full week or is it a
3: in afghanistan uh, officially it's uh, 3 days but sometimes it could mm-hmm. be stretched <laughs> uh, especially if uh, let's say that it's uh, in afghanistan friday is uh, like uh, the weekend uh, in the United States or the regular holiday let's say that the fourth day f- falls on a Thursday then obviously so that Thursday will uh, be officially uh, called uh, ho- like a holiday but other than that it's uh, in general three days of official holiday uh, but some people wouldn't uh, go to work the fourth day of eight. So like if you need to get your work done in the uh, in an office you wouldn't go to <laughs> an office on the fourth day of eat because you know what's uh, that you won't be able to uh, you won't be able to get your work done
1: you know we're also like three days nothing you know not more than that you know maybe some people might choose to kind of hook maybe um like you know like if from their office maybe they can take some time off but uh, Officially, it's three days usually. Yeah.
2: Well, in Indonesia, officially three days. But then, then, after years and years, you know, consideration, the government now that it's been like the last uh, ten years, they decided to do one week. <laughs> it is just because this is the time when people going back hometown. It takes time for you for them to come back. You know so that's why instead of just giving three days but again the preparation uh, like like Rim said the, the preparation for a celebration yes uh, in Indonesia usually a week before right now a lot of uh, Indonesian you know uh, here in States or even in Indonesia of course uh, they prepare to make cookies you know stuff like that uh, uh, to be ready on the eat. Uh, that's why sometimes when we go somewhere other than Ramadan and then if they uh, make cookies, in their house and then, oh smells like Ramadan smells like Ramadan if they make cookies because usually we make cookies just only for yeah, in Ramadan yeah you know? so yeah it's a week uh, preparation for that it's a really a hard work for you know just a bit to celebrate right. for two days
0: right right okay well now we're talking a lot about food and you guys are fasting so I feel a little <laughs> bad that we're talking so much about food
1: this Thanks. is the Hasanat that we talked about it's fine yeah. <laughs>
0: So, yes, true. So, uh, well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. And Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Language Matters. You can continue this conversation by tweeting us at DiplomaticLS or find us on Facebook by searching for Diplomatic Language Services.